Ah! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Mark. And this is our continuing coverage of Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Yes, it is. And this episode of the podcast, we're covering Monarch Legacy of Monsters, episode eight, Birthright. Okay. This this might be my favorite episode of the season so far. It's one of mine, yes. I'm not going to lie about it. Um, yeah. There's a lot that happens in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's setting us up. I kind of called it last episode when we said, when I said that this episode is going to drive us kind of towards the end of the season. And then episode nine is going to give us like some huge kind of thing going into the finale. And then the finale is most likely going to leave us with a cliffhanger. Uh, even though this episode left us with a cliffhanger. Yes. Uh, honestly, the show itself has been like a roller coaster, right? So you start off on a roller coaster very slowly, build up, get there, get to your first hoop, then go. I think we're at that point towards the end of where you get that full finale, where it just yeah. rolls and gives you the tumbles and twirls that you always want. So I'm, I'm loving the idea. It did leave us on a cliffhanger, but it would have been awesome if they did... Uh, did two episodes in a row like they did in the very beginning. <laughs> no, I di- I disagree with that only because we are at the end of the season. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of, I'm glad they left us at a cliffhanger. Builds um, up anticipation, I guess. And, and I would not be surprised if episode nine also leaves us on a cliffhanger. Oh, I wouldn't um, put it past that. I haven't watched it everybody. So you know, regardless <laughs> of the screeners, I have not watched it. So, yeah, it's I'm looking forward to see what we have. So obviously, after I finish this, regardless of this being New Year's Eve, uh, I'll be watching that tonight. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll be watching it tonight, but I really <laughs> I, I said it earlier in the season. Every time we record, I've, there's been a couple episodes where I was like, man, I just want to keep watching. I want to know what happens. Yeah. And I've <laughs> this episode was not was another no exception to that, where I watched this episode and I was like, oh, I, I want to watch the next one. Stop it there. Like, but I can't like I can't I can't watch it until we talk about it. Like we have to talk about the current episode before I will allow myself to watch the next one yeah. because I don't want any bleed over. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want there to be something that happens in episode nine. And then you talk about it on the, on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's that's the that's like the main reason why, you know, I, I don't watch ahead. And as you mentioned, we do have the screener. So as I always do, uh, I want to give a special thanks out to Apple TV for giving us the uh, the opportunity to cover the series uh, by lending by giving us the screeners for the entire season. Um, and I know there's people out there that are probably like, if you have the entire season, like why aren't you taking advantage of it? <laughs> and the the reason why we have the screeners why Apple sent us the screeners, uh, just a little peek behind like closed doors is so that, you know, scheduling wise, if Mark and I need to record before the episode, like if our, if our schedules don't match up, 
you know, usually the episode drops on Friday and then on Sunday we record to release on Monday. But if for some reason something happens over the course of the weekend or we're having somebody on with us and they can't, it doesn't fit into that schedule, we can record before the episode airs because yeah. we have the episode. That is why we we get screeners. It's not to watch ahead because I like things to be a mystery. Yeah. So even though Mark watched ahead oh, a little to, bit, oh, a only little up, bit, only up to this episode. Yeah, that was it. And yeah. I didn't even touch it after I watched it that one time. So, of course, watching it a second and third time after that, once it was on Apple TV Plus, was still a surprise going, oh, I didn't catch that. Oh, I didn't catch yeah. that. Oh, I, well, I didn't talk anything about this. So no spoilers on my end from when we were recording, but it was pretty, pretty cool. So obviously I have not seen episodes nine and 10. So this will be something fun to do when yeah. we get to that point. Yeah, we're almost to the end. We're almost to the end of the season. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about it last episode that, we're predicting they're probably going to wait until the 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 finale before they announce season two. Yes. But but yeah, going back to what we were just talking about, this episode left us with a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. Episode nine being the season penultimate, I have no doubt is probably going to leave us with a huge. It's going to leave us either on a cliffhanger or a huge reveal of some sort. And then episode 10 I have a feeling is going to leave us on a cliffhanger. They're they're going to leave us with something wanting a second season. And I'm all for it. Um because had this episode been the season finale, I would have been pissed. Yeah, I'd have been really upset if this was the finale because I would not have wanted to wait to find out what to to find out what happens to these characters. Yeah, it's good that they did them in 10. Uh, like we've already said before, when we talked about episode, what, four and how it was filler, <laughs> uh, there was a couple of episodes where it kind of was, it felt that way, but not as much, but gave us more content, which was uh, really good as far as character development story and then more intrigue and mystery as, uh, Ben was talking about. So that way we're engaged within the whole storyline and story arc of what's going on within the show. So, but yeah, I think right now it's at that point where we're at the, I hate using Marvel terms, but end game. So we're at that point. That term existed long before Marvel ever it used did. it. So you're not, you're not using a Marvel term. Yeah. Um, per se, I, I Marvel popularized, popularized it with that. It did Avengers end game. Um, but I also want to make, mentioned too uh for episode nine being the penultimate i don't know if we're gonna have a guest for that one mm -hmm. um we're still working on it potentially uh maybe rima might be joining us uh from those of you on the podcastica side of things i very I clearly know who rima is uh host is strange indeed however mm -hmm. we will be having guests for the finale uh, and it is confirmed that our friends Pake and Daphne, also from Podcastica, hosts of the Run for Your Lives podcast, uh, they're going to be joining us for the finale, which is exciting. Awesome. Because I know this is a series they wanted to cover on Run for Your Lives, but scheduling wise, it just it, it wasn't working out for them. So, yeah, uh, we definitely want to hear their take on the series since we know they're fans. So we're excited they're going to be joining us for the uh, the season finale. Be awesome. 
let's dive into the episode because yes. there's some cool things that happen in this episode. We get uh sadly one of my theories is is put to put the pasture. That is true. I know uh, what you're talking but, about. <laughs> but but another one of my theories I feel like actually there's a couple theories. I'm looking at my notes here. There's a couple theories that are touched upon yes, in this episode. We are. get one that I said is kind of put to put to bed. Mm-hmm. We find out that it's not the case. Um, but then there's another one that's kind of hinted at, and then there's another one that I'm I am almost confident is is true. Um, yeah, they touched upon it and he didn't say much more other than he was there. That is it. Well, okay, so Okay, so you brought this one up. So let's, yeah, let's let, dive let, into this one first. Yeah, let, let's uh, talk about the elephant <laughs> in the room. All right. I, I hate I hate that we're going into theories right away, but I actually don't hate it. Cause Do it. <laughs> these, have, these have been... Okay, so let's start with... Okay, so there's three theories that are touched upon in this one. One of them is put to bed. Yes. Let's start with that one, because that's the most obvious. This yes. is the one that was kind of like the writers like slapping us in the face. So... We've been predicting for a while that or theorizing for a while that Hiroshi is not Bill Randa's son. He there's a possibility that he's actually Lee Shaw's son. Correct. And that Kate and Kentaro are his grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And they they play with that a little bit this episode, too. In yeah. Kate, at one point says the way he was talking about our grandmother, I thought that he was about to tell us that he was our grandfather. And I was yeah, like, oh. I, and that was one of my lines too. And, and then <laughs> yeah. we find out through a flashback when Bill, after he finds out mapping and realizes there's another realm underneath and everything is working in parallels with the top side of the world and where Titans could be, he goes to uh, Keiko's home. And she keeps telling him, "Put your lower your voice, lower your voice." Then uh, we get introduced to Hiroshi, and then we get a full explanation from Keiko that she was a widower and had a child, and uh, through the funding of Monarch, that she was able to bring him over to the stateside. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a big secret. Her, I think, her grandmother was taking care of her. Uh, her mother. Her mother, yeah. okay, the grandmother, I should say, of Hiroshi was taking care of him while Keiko was dealing with Monarch stuff, and then, but we do get a little bit more with the romance of Bill and Keiko through within that, I think, because through that story and everything else, I think that's it. This was like the burdening of their romance, and then why bill wound up eventually marrying keiko yeah we we kind of touched a little bit on that in i don't remember if it was last episode or the episode before where we see k and lee kiss mm-hmm. and we were kind of saying at that point like well i don't think bill and k are an item yet so there's no infidelity here mm-hmm. um and it turns out we were right because we see in this episode kind of like the moment where there is actually a spark between um between Bill and Kay. They're in that office and they're talking about how you know Kay mentions to 
to Bill, like I didn't tell you everything about myself. And he's like, doesn't matter. Yeah. I trust you. And I've known for a long time that I trust you. And you can see it just in the way they look at each other. They're like, okay, this is the moment right here where Bill and Kay's relationship begins. Yes. And then you're right. We get to that moment, probably not long after where Bill rushes to Keiko's house. She's telling him, as you said, like to keep your voice down. And we see the the big reveal that Hiroshi is already born. Like he is, he's already part of her life, which yeah. means we were wrong on both parts <laughs> in that Lee is not, you know, through a relationship that Lee is not Hiroshi's father. He's not Kate and, and Kentaro's grandfather, but neither is Bill. Bill is the stepfather of Hiroshi. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that Hiroshi looks at to Bill as his father. A father. Yeah. As his father. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's it's pretty cool. So basically, we've got a whole Mori Povich, and you're not the father, Lee, and you're not the father, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> well, so first off, I, when uh, that moment where Bill goes to the house, yeah, and you know, she says like, "Keep your voice down, keep your voice down." What were your thoughts like? In your mind, what was the reasoning before Hiroshi was even revealed? <laughs> why is she telling him to keep his voice down? Because I thought it's because Shaw was there. No, I thought maybe she found a bug from the government in her place. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because the that fact seems that more plausible, actually. Yeah, because of her being of Japanese descent, she's already faced all this criticism of her being a Japanese scientist brought into this and uh we got Puckett and hatch who hate her or sh have shown a lot of discrimination regarding it because of her uh her being japanese so well i don't i don't know if Puckett has been that way but lieutenant hatch for sure oh yeah but i'm sorry i cut you off continue no 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 but that that was not said that uh, literally okay. it's because of government intervening and uh conspiracy and all that that actually to me seems more plausible because you're right just because of how everything was at that time it, it could have seemed that they were spying on keiko because they didn't trust her so that was the reason why i was going off the whole trying to figure out this whole love triangle thing <laughs> and thinking like oh he needs to keep his voice down because shawl's in the bedroom and he's not and he's not supposed to know the bill is there. Like I'm plying right into the soap opera. That is the Lee Shaw <laughs> Kate love triangle. And then my mind is kind of like, Oh, neither one of them is the father of Hiroshi. Yeah. As soon as I saw the kid right away, I knew right away. I was like, oh, okay, well, he's already here. <laughs> I, so my, and this is, this is going right into the soap opera of it all. The moment I heard a kid call out, I was like, Oh, do they have another, like, like, does Hiroshi have a sister? And then she reveals <laughs> that, like, and then, like, like, do Kate and Kentaro have an aunt they don't know about? And then when she's like, this is Hiroshi, and I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> big reveal. Oh, yeah, big, big reveal. And it, is, it kind of is a huge reveal. And the more I think about it, the more I actually really like that they did that. Yeah. Because it is a trope in television and in movies, the whole, 
mystery of you know, like who's who's your daddy <laughs> and what does he uh, do? <laughs> who is your daddy and what does he do? It's not a tumor. Um, we're going way off. Um, yeah. Uh, put that cookie down. Sorry. Um, God, I haven't watched that movie in so long. Uh, but yeah, like it is a it is a trope of the whole the parent you think is your parent is not a parent. So I kind of I kind of appreciate the fact that they they were hinting and pointing at one thing. Yeah. And then they went in a completely different direction. And it not only did they go in a completely different direction to kind of throw the audience for a loop, it didn't affect the story at all. Not at all. Uh, yeah, it didn't have to. This is something that they probably have did they did sleight of hand just to build up that whole drama and then say, okay, audiences, this is what it is. Okay. Well, we dispelled that at this yeah. point. Now back to our regular scheduled programming. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I, let me, let me, let me take back what I said. It doesn't hurt the story at all. No. If, if anything, it actually makes you appreciate bill more as a character. Very much. Because, when you look back at the beginning of the episode, when you're seeing uh, Kay and Bill in the front seat of that Jeep, and it's kind of, it's being seen through she through Shaw's eyes. Yes. And they're having that conversation where, you know, Bill is saying to Kay, you know, I, it's like, I, I'm going to teach him how to, how to, how to throw this fastball curveball. And yep. isn't it curveball? Isn't it weird that like he's taking, he's he's becoming more like me and less like you and she's like yeah that's not fair well now we know why it's not fair because <laughs> bill is not his real father but yep. he's he's attaching himself more to bill a surrogate father than he is to his own mother which is kind of it's it's very heartwarming to bill as a character because it shows that at that point in their relationship he is very loving of both k and Hiroshi. Yes. And like he he looks at Hiroshi as a son. Yes, he does. It, it's it, it, technically quote unquote he is his son. So, I think it's it's endearing. It's Yeah, it, it's it's very endearing. And it, it like I said, it adds to Bill's character. Yeah. And he makes sure. it makes you appreciate Bill more and more and you don't look at him as the guy who loves to wear the tin foil hat and talk about teleportation and portal holes. Yes. <laughs> Um, but speaking of portal holes, let's go into theory. Number two, let us do. We have, we have been saying for a while and theorizing for a while that the reason why Shaw looks the way he does when he should be <laughs> in his nineties is because he has been to hollow earth. And that has been, I guess, confirmed. It's confirmed because uh, he said, I've been there, meaning that I've he's been, been there. Yes. But he doesn't there, state to Kate during that conversation how long he was there and what had happened and where when he came out, what time of the year it was. Yeah. So <laughs> so I'm going to say Hiroshi being the son, uh, not being the son of Shaw or Bill is hard confirmed. Yes. Um, Shaw having spent time in hollow earth is soft confirmed because there are still questions. Yes. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, Cause you're right. 
How long was he there? How did he get there? How did he get back? There are still questions to be answered when it comes to this. All we have confirmation of is that he has been there. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Um, what? How did he get there? Why well, did he go there? Like, well, we, well, hold we on. We, we kind of find out at the end of this. How did he get there? Because we see it at the end. Well, I think yes and no. Um, we're we're going to see it. It's shown in the trailer. There was a mid season trailer which we talked a little bit about last episode, mm-hmm. in which we see a mission gone wrong, or we we've heard from Tim about a mission gone wrong with Shaw. And then we kind of see in that mid-season trailer some kind of mission that they're about to go on, which I think we're probably going to get in the penultimate episode Hmm. um, in next week's episode of them wearing those orange tracksuits, wearing helmets. I think that is the mission that sent them to Hollow Earth. Okay. I was thinking more or less the one that we've been talking about, which was in 1959 in Kazakhstan. And the fact that he might have continued for forward, but we never saw that. No, I no, I think that's pretty much been confirmed. That is not the case because remember they're sitting in Tim's office, yes, which was formerly Bill's office, mm-hmm. and he reads the letter about how Keiko was missing in action. Okay, so they returned back without Kay. Um. Oh, yes, Lee did. Yes, you're yeah, right. Because yes. Lee is the one that wrote the letter. Yes, about he, he, so, uh, he had to do the debriefing and the report about it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So Bill and Bill and Shaw returned home um, at that point. They never they never went in there. But on <laughs> that note, yeah, that takes us into theory number three, mm-hmm. uh, the potential that Kay is still alive and. It's not confirmed or denied, but I am pretty confident <laughs> we're going to see K again. I'm pretty confident too. Because if Shaw, for multiple reasons, one, that letter, he says she is missing in action, meaning they never recovered a body. Yeah, she's not dead. She could, well, exactly. She's not <laughs> dead. Two, the fact that Shaw has confirmed he has been to Hollow Earth and has come back means there's potential there. Mm-hmm. And three, at the end of this episode, they fall down the same hole that Kay did. Exactly. And we know they're not dead. Yeah. Because that would be a really shitty ending to those characters. Yeah, it would have been. Episode, uh- episodes nine and ten are like, oh, it's Kentaro's show now. Oh God, I can't see him. Everybody else away. died. <laughs> but the funniest um, is, is the only people that we do see at the very end falling in. At first, it's May, and then after yes. that, we see Kate and Lee fall together while Lee was trying to help Kay, uh, Kate. But we don't see the aftermath of anybody else getting falling down with them. No, because so the only other people that we know for sure are in there are Kentaro, Tim, and Duval. Hmm. Um, they're going to escape. I mean, we know Tim has escaped like the clutches of death before. Yep. Um, I have a feeling like by some kind of like plot armor, they're going to be revealed that they escaped the explosion. Yeah, because um, the building had fallen down. The only other way out 
is through or down, I would say. Well, the building never, the building never, the building never collapsed. It just kind of implodes a little bit. Yes. Um, So the explosion that's, that happens is kind of pretty contained inside of that structure. Hmm. I'm hoping so. So I, I, I don't know how it is, but I, I will say, I wonder if you, I'm sure you probably did take notice of this. Mm-hmm. This portal seems different. Yes. There was than a, other ones. It, it wasn't like a mat. Like we didn't get a blue glow. Yeah. Or an orange glow or anything. It was just very much. You could see down in like a, it looks very swirly. Or in like what I like to call wibbly wobbly timey wimey kind of. Oh, I'm I'm so happy you said that because I have a comment on that later. Go ahead. Oh, so do I. <laughs> I, I you and I both know what it is. Oh, but, the Earth is a TARDIS. That's pretty much all of yes. I'm, I'm leaning uh, towards. And then the uh, you see uh, vegetation and everything hanging out, like as if it's branching out into this world too. Yeah. So yeah, this is this is a very different looking portal. This is a. Um, you're right. It's not like the high intensity swirling, like the blue one we saw in Alaska. Uh, this doesn't look anything like a portal we've seen in Godzilla versus Kong. This portal is different. It is, it seems, it, it is churning a little bit, but it's very calm compared to others. It seems just like a very faint yellow glow mm-hmm. as opposed to others, which I wonder if this is going to explain how they can survive this. Yeah. Because to anybody who has not seen Godzilla versus Kong, um, you find out in that movie that humans can't survive going through these portals without some kind of vehicle. Mm -hmm. Um, The main character of Godzilla versus Kong is on a mission pretty much because he lost his brother because his brother couldn't go through these portals. They're too volatile for anyone to go through without a vehicle, which is why they have vehicles. Apex specifically designs a vehicle to go through and enter hollow earth. Mm -hmm. Uh, But those portals that we saw look very similar to the one that we saw in Alaska, not this one. So I'm almost wondering if this is some kind of different portal like a different kind of portal that would actually allow people to survive going through. It would have to be because we already know that K fell down mm-hmm. and we already know that just, we just saw Shaw, Kate and may fall down it. Yeah. So they have to survive somehow. Uh, which also makes me think this portal has been there for a long time, which goes into my theories for God's Godzilla X Kong that's coming out because you have people that are down there. So I wouldn't be surprised if certain communities eventually moved into that from the earth down below and have been living there uh, like indigenous people in the areas. And then and that's how we have people down there in hollow earth handling like uh, things of that nature within these movies. Well, we well, because we already know, too, that there are multiple vortexes. That's shit. That's. Shaw's whole plan is that he wants to shut all of these down and he wants to close them all. He wants to contain these Titans within their own realm by closing off these vortexes. And 
you're right. There are multiple other vortexes. So who's to say that there are, you know, there are certain vortexes you can't survive going through, but there are others that you can. Yeah. Um, you know, because you're right. In Godzilla X Kong, we do see that there are indigenous people that live down in Hollow Earth along with it. So they've probably been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. If Kay is down there, I'm sure she's not the only human down there. Or at least if she is, that's a very Jumanji-esque kind of thing. Uh, I, I have no doubt there are already people down there yeah. that are that are surviving. So... I'm just, I guess we're going to have to wait until next episode to find out the explanation as to how they survive falling into a vortex. Yeah. Um, shit. I had something in my head (laughs) and I already forgot what it was. Oh, so looking at the maps that Monarch has in their HQ, Mm -hmm. I paid close attention to this because I'm I'm starting to realize in this show, pay attention to stuff that's on the walls <laughs> um, because there's a lot of hints there. There's a lot of Easter eggs and that stuff. And one of the things I noticed is that since Shaw shut down the vortex in Alaska, you know, Verdugo mentions that the gamma radiation, the gamma readings have increased at every other point. Mm -hmm. on the map there are new points on the map that were not there before it looks like there's three or four of them yes uh so it seems that not only does this does closing off a vortex increase the gamma output at other ones it seems like it's almost opening up additional vortexes Mm -hmm. at other spots across the globe so um And I saw a very interesting way, a very interesting explanation as to why this is happening um, in that if you if you look at like volcanoes that are around the earth, around the globe, Mm -hmm. if you were to find a way to cap a volcano so that it can never erupt, you are stopping an eruption at that volcano, but the magma under the core of the earth is still there. Yeah, and it'll just go to another fissure and open up somewhere else. It That's still how, has to escape. It's it's part of plate tectonics and uh, earth science of how the earth works and how lands are formed, too, because generally that's how lands are formed are through volcanoes. It's just that one just continuously is present and becomes an issue. Yes. But yeah, and it works in the same principle with the, these portals, too, I think, uh, as yeah. we were saying. So, I mean, it's almost as if, like, even if he were to cap off all of these vortexes somehow before a Titan can escape them. Mm -hmm. It still seems like it's going to do massive destruction to the earth. Oh yeah. Because you are capping off an energy that needs to be released. Yeah. They could possibly open a huge, bigger hole to allow more out at a certain point of the earth. They could open up a massive fissure somewhere Mm -hmm. that they would never be able to close. Correct. Literally like a crack in the earth. Yep. And just. And the land before uh, time by H.G. Wells (laughs) comes to reality and then shows up on topside. (laughs) And you know, what's funny too, is I had forgotten 
because it's been a while since I've rewatched any of the of the legendary films, mm-hmm. uh, the MonsterVerse films. I had for I was always I always had it in my head that Hollow Earth was just a area that was beneath the surface of the Earth, um, you know that we we traveled to. But then I started thinking more about it with the portals and everything. I'm like, no, that's not the case. This is a po- this is basically a pocket dimension. Mm-hmm. This is it's and Kay puts it perfectly, and the way she says it immediately made it me made me think of doctor who and i was like <laughs> okay now it makes complete sense when she talks about a house that's bigger on the inside than yep. it is on the outside i was like <laughs> oh bigger on the inside that's a tardis yeah oh a tardis is a pocket dimension within something now i understand it better i just yeah. needed i just needed it put in doctor who terms that's all yeah same here and as as, as soon as they are having that conversation her and bill and then bill coming back to her and her and both of them talking i was like it's doctor who <laughs> yeah well because like even watching godzilla versus kong you know when hollow earth really comes into play in the the monster verse timeline i was always under the impression that the reason why humans couldn't travel to it because of the, you know, traveling through that, that hole Mm -hmm. was because that was basically like a protection around it. Yes. But that's not the case. That is literally the energy source that is keeping this pocket dimension together in itself below. And yeah, yeah, my initial thought was the reason why people couldn't go down was very much. If you go deep sea diving, you have to get repressurized, the yeah. and that's the whole point of those vehicles. That's that was the impression I had when I was watching the movies too. The, like yeah. the first time I watched them, is that yeah, you're right. The further down into the earth that you get, there's so much pressure mm-hmm. that that's what those vehicles were needed for. But now we're kind of learning that's not the case. This is a it is a world. It is a condensed world within a world. So. It seems like, you know, it's condensed so much that it would literally be the size of the core of the earth. But once you're inside of it, it's as big as the earth. Correct. Which is just, oh God, relating the legendary monster verse to Doctor Who. Because <laughs> I am a massive Doctor Who fan. <laughs> so I, I I just hope there are listeners out there that were so appreciative of. Yeah. And you know the writers were like, it's bigger on the inside. Whovians are going to love this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and not only did we love it, it helped make sense of it. Yeah, it, it, it was a good way of explaining it to those who actually do follow it and be like, oh, I got it now. And then we could actually explain it to somebody else who doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny to think about that. Like, you could be talking to the writers and be like, I don't get it. it it's a it's a world within a world, but it's smaller, but it's bigger. And the writer literally just looks at you and goes, the earth is a TARDIS. And that person be like, Oh, I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. Now that's all you needed to say is like one word TARDIS. Yeah. Oh I, yeah. I get it now. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really, that's really what it came down to is like, I heard bigger on the inside. I was like, Oh, now I get it. Do the humans down fine. below have two hearts? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> They're not aliens and they don't. Well, they might time travel. You never know. We don't know what the hell happens down there. Exactly. Let's move on to something else. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, all right. So take us somewhere else. What, what's something else you kind of want to talk about? Uh, it was kind of a, a an off, like kind of a quick scene, but we go into the scene where you see it first happen. Uh, Tim taking uh, Keiko, Kentaro, May down to his offices in Monarch, which is in the basement. So total X-Files thing where he has this crappy little office but he said he inherited it from some crazy person they're like well what's that hole in the wall and we see later on it's bill after he gets pissed off after the meeting with uh was it pucket and hatch or just hatch i'm thinking oh no it was it was it was hatch yeah um but no we see him punch the hole first we did i thought it was the other way around and then it goes to present time where they're they're like oh like you know and because because remember, Tim says, oh, I inherited that with the office. Yeah. <laughs> so we already saw Bill punch the hole in the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. The fact that it, it all comes around, but the fact that Tim inherited it of all things. Yeah. And then. But it also it just goes to show you, too, that Monarch never moved out of the basement. Yeah. They just kept going. They, the government just kept pushing them down, down, down like yeah. hollow earth. Anyhow. And then. uh then they go to where Verdugo is and they're saying how they want to follow. And of course, you know, Tim's like, I'm going to go with them. And we get the wonderful quote from Verdugo saying, sure, why not? Always thought the Goonies needed a sequel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that quote made me laugh. That quote made me laugh as well. And there's, a, there's another quote. I love that. Tim is kind of providing a little bit of like, I don't want to say comic relief because he's not comic relief, but he's definitely adding a little bit of levity to this. Cause another one of my favorite quotes actually happens to Tim um, is when they're in, as they're chasing Shaw and they're in Kazakhstan and he steps on the, the exoskeleton of one of the Beatle Titans and he's kind of freaking out. And Kintaro's like, you are the monarch guy, right? Yep. Yeah. I like that one too. <laughs> uh, which is a, a callback to when they show those, uh, you know, the, the mutos at that point, mul- uh, they're mulking or molting, molting, uh, molting as far as uh, what Kate would say. Uh, Am- uh, Amber, I was going to say Amber again, may confirm saying, yeah, they have to shed their exoskeleton or skin so they could grow. Meaning that we're, it's kind of foreshadowing of what we get later on because we do see a larger one at a later time, mm-hmm. but there's multiple versions of these. So I'm curious if there are more around within the building itself in large form, or they just went straight down into hollow earth. So I hate adding another theory to the mix. Good. But I'm going to add on to, and this is listeners might hear this and be like, okay, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> so if we go back to the first episode of this year se- of this season, yeah, when Kay and you know Lee and Bill are all and they find the eggs, and we see Kay is very taking. She's very like almost maternal to these eggs. She see these, she sees these titans gestating gestating in the eggs. And she, you know, she's kind of like putting like a hand on them and such these. And then they hatch all there and they take 
they all gather around Kay and they they weigh her down and she falls into the hole. Mm-hmm. What if? Here we go. Okay. Putting on my own tinfoil hat for this one. <laughs> what if those titans, those beetle-like things that become these titans, yeah, weren't going to Kay to attack her, but were going to her because, like many creatures, they take to the first creature they see as their mother. They were going to her almost like a mother. Hmm. It just overwhelmed her. So she falls hmm. because they weren't biting her. They were just weighing her down. That is true. She falls into the portal. Okay. What if we see Kay alive and she can actually control these things? Because... That's a little far they ha- <laughs> Because she has imprinted on them as a mother. Oh, I told you, this is tinfoil hat territory. This is even saying Kay's still alive, which I firmly believe she is. So I'm just continuing on. I think Kay's alive, and I think she might actually be able to... Look, if that little girl can communicate with Kong, mm-hmm. but he is also a primate, not an insect... Um, it kind of, I, I don't it, know the theory that you're bringing up kind of leads me to think of like what, uh, what happens with whales with barnacle and these animals that cling to like a whale itself, not as a mother. <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking more along the lines of like when you breed a, a tiger in captivity, Mm-hmm. Like when the tiger is born, it takes to the human as a mother. So like it can, it is very affectionate mm-hmm. and calm towards that human being, but can be aggressive towards others. I, I'm saying, what if that is the case? Like these things are not aggressive. I'm not saying like they're suckling on her and shit like that. That's oh, no, weird. no, no. Just showing affection. But what if they like, they are calm around her? Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? I like she can at. walk amongst these things and they don't attack her. Yeah. Because she left some kind of an imprint on them being literally being born at with that her. time. Yeah. Yeah. At that time she was there when they were born. And that's the first thing that they say. Uh, this could be totally off the wall. I mean, it's probably totally off the wall. I'm, I'm thinking you are, but yeah, it's a, I'm, it's a, it's a good theory. Um, Everybody make a tinfoil hat and send it to Ben. (laughs) (laughs) You can send it to my P.O. box. It's fine. (laughs) I need the wrap kitchen leftovers anyway. Um, Again, that was just a weird theory that I had. It is a weird theory, but I don't think it's solid, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) It is a weird theory. It's not true at all. You're just crazy. I'm questioning (laughs) podcasting with you on the show. Uh, (laughs) But I'll entertain it because we only have two episodes left. That's okay. Um, I think the I so let's see. We we mentioned Lee has been to Hollow Earth. I think it very interesting, and I kind of because the past couple episodes, Lee is somebody who like I'm I'm starting to question. I was starting to question mm-hmm. because it seemed like like you know hijacking a monarch 
you know, facility. Yeah. Closing these things down. They're kind of like, it seems like they're, they're kind of on the run from the government, but they're not, you know, I was like, what, like, what the hell is going on with Shaw? Like, why is he closing all these portals when he says he wants to help Godzilla? But we're finding out in this episode that he sees Godzilla as a guardian. Yes. Uh, that's during his conversation with Kate, when he talks about mm-hmm. that and it, he, ha- we, they break up the conversation in scenes like we're flashing back, we're going forward and we get these little snippets of him and Kate and how he goes, you saw it in his eyes. He's not the destructor that we think he is. And him thinking of Godzilla as more of like a savior Mm -hmm. or, or something that's there to protect earth, which technically this is what these, uh, a lot of the Titans were supposed to be. If you think about Kong, you think about Godzilla, they're the protectors, whereas Ghidorah and the Mudos and all that were the things that he was protecting the Earth from, the upper version of Earth, I should say. And he, yeah. And, and Kate kind of had that feeling, she says. But the one thing that she was able to pull out of Lee was the reason of why he was doing this is because he there was a possibility of him resolving these issues of Keiko because that's the reason why he's doing this for Keiko. Well, yeah, because he knew that Keiko never saw these things as as destroyers or Godzilla in particular, uh, you know, as a destroyer and he is really, you know, Lee is seeing things the same way that Keiko did in that Godzilla is the guardian at the gate. Yes. Um, you know, he is there to keep these things in check. Yes. And when things and when they do get out and they escape, he is the one that kind of comes in and, and takes takes care of the job. And as you're right, as we go through further down the, the legendary timeline. Mm-hmm. The MonsterVerse timeline, we're going to realize that Godzilla is not the only guardian. Correct. The um, there are going to be others in Godzilla King of the Monsters. We're going to meet Mothra, who was another guardian. We've already met Mothra and uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters. I just said King of. The, I just said Godzilla King of the Monsters. Oh, I thought you meant the next one that's coming out. Okay. No, no. I, I said we're going to find in Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yes, yes, yeah. Mothra is another guardian. Um, yes. You know who was are, gestating, gestating, and wakes up. Yeah, we have multiple. We already we we already know about Kong. We already know about Mothra. We know about Godzilla. So we got three that are pretty much guardians of this. Uh, yes, uh, world. You think we're going to see Mothra again in Godzilla X Kong? I have a funny feeling. <laughs> I hope so. Because so. I thought that was I thought that was awesome to see Mothra. Um, because you know better than I do, mm-hmm. in the original, you know, Toho Godzillas, mm-hmm. was there a, Godzilla and Mothra have fought. Correct. Have they not? Yes. Okay. It but was they uh, are- Godzilla versus the thing. And then later on, through the Shaolin and Heisei series, they kind of spread it out where Godzilla would be good and then work alongside with, with Mothra. Uh, just to go against like Rodan and everything else, but uh, it's, it's meant to be a continuous thing uh, in Toho. They made it on later uh, movies that they uh, 
that they were battling things together and protecting. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. Like they have, and we, we're kind of seeing the same things in, in this timeline, which I really appreciate is the fact that mm-hmm. yes, there are multiple guardians in that we mentioned Godzilla. We mentioned Mothra. We mentioned Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will fight alongside each other if need be, but it doesn't mean they get along. True. It's more mutual respect for what needs to be done. Exactly. Very much because like how Godzilla and Kong, when we watched Godzilla versus Kong, at the very end, they combined their forces together to deal with the uh, Mecha Godzilla that uh, Apex had created. Yeah, because, I mean, it, it's <laughs> the marketing for that movie made me laugh because it was, you know, one shall fall. And we're like, no, no, they're not. The one <laughs> shall fall is the one they're going to team up against. It's neither one of them. And you didn't mention the other one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, and that was the ongoing theory it was like, oh, they're going to come together to face something bigger. And that's exactly what happens in that movie. But I'm not tearing that movie down. That movie is amazing. It's fun. Yeah. Okay. My use of amazing is maybe <laughs> it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yes. Um, but yeah, so back to back to business in hand with Monarch. Yeah, it's interesting that Lee sees Godzilla as a guardian at the gate when it comes to these portals. Yeah. So he's trying to close these portals to keep these things in check uh, along the same lines as Godzilla. He's doing it to assist Godzilla because this way Godzilla doesn't have to fight. But then you know, in Shaw's mind, like, what's the means to the end here? Like, what happens to Godzilla then at mm. that point? Does he lure him into the final portal that's open and trap him down there too? Or does he ha- intend for Godzilla to live among them? Like, what is the means to the end here for Shaw? Yeah, it's, it's so never weird. answered. Yeah, it's never really answered. It's never really answered to the fact that does he know where Godzilla is now? Is he underground in Hollow Earth and he could just trap him down there with everybody else? Or all the other Mudos or Titans that go through there? Or is he going to cap it all off and leave Godzilla up on top to handle whatever else that bothers mankind or, or harms mankind or mankind hurting mankind? Because that seems to be an ongoing threat too. Yeah, yeah. Does Godzilla become a guardian of men? Like, and that's that's the other question. But I mean, you know, kind of looking forward again to uh, ahead of the timeline mm-hmm. to Godzilla King of the Monsters. From what we know as fans of this timeline and of people who have already watched these movies, <laughs> Shaw's plan is kind of for not. Because Rodan isn't even from this earth. Yes. So he is another alpha Titan who wasn't, who doesn't come from hollow earth. He came from another planet. He's alien. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing so with Ghidorah. Close, yep. so, wait, am I confusing Rodan with Ghidorah? I think you are. Okay. I meant, I, I meant Ghidorah. Yeah. Okay. King Ghidorah. I'm sorry. You're right. King Ghidorah is who I'm thinking of. Um, mm-hmm. King Ghidorah is actually is is an alien. So closing off all of these portals to seal off Hollow Earth, you are only solving one problem. Yeah, because 
Rodan is already, or not Rodan, King Ghidorah is already there. Mm-hmm. He just awakens. Yep. He was trapped down there with all the other Titans at that point. Well, in this case, he was frozen, if we yeah. remember correctly. I would, I don't think he was in, I don't think he comes from Hollow Earth. I think he doesn't he come frozen. from Hollow Earth, but they did, yeah. they did battle and he, he was frozen in the ice. Yes. So it, so closing off all these portals, you know, again, you're harming more of everything than anything else. Yeah. I mean, and that's to say like, okay, what? Okay. So let's say Lee's plan goes through. He closes off all these vortexes. He seals off Godzilla in them as well. Yeah. And then King Ghidorah wakes up. Mm -hmm. You fucked the earth. Yeah. Because, because you sealed is... off your guardian underneath. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I totally understand where Lee is coming from and why he wants to do it. But it's not. It, it's doing more harm than good because he's kind of short sighted in his goal. He's not looking. He He's he's looking at the goal through Keiko, he's not looking at the goal through everything. Yeah, yeah. His his idea is like, oh, you have a gaping wound. I'm going to put a small bandaid on it. That's not yeah, going to do exactly. anything <laughs> for it. You're just making it worse. You, I'm sorry. You sliced your leg open. Well, let me wrap it in this gauze. <laughs> okay, now what? <laughs> I still need to heal. Like, yeah, you know, I still need to go to a hospital. Gauze is not going to save my life. Well, so, yeah, he's 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 simply dressing the wound. He's not healing it. Yeah. Yeah. And then something that Tim would say to him probably be like, hey, you need to go back to tinfoil hat land. <laughs> yeah. What's down there? That's tinfoil hat land. <laughs> um, one of the other things I noticed about this, too, and, you know, you maybe think of it when you brought up Tim in yeah. that, like he mentions you know, how Bill kind of went crazy talking about, like, uh, I have it written down, talking about theories about teleportation and wormholes. And this happens after Keiko's death, quote, unquote, death. Yeah, he pursues it more. And that's when they said that it, he kind of lost it after a while. But we're starting to realize he didn't. Really? No, he was on to the proper idea. We see that for the fact that, you know, with the maps and everything, he falls asleep. And that's why he runs to Keiko, because he sees the hole in the paper in the map and the ant go inside and he realizes it. And then their theory comes true. It is kind of sad to think about, though, the fact that if Kay is still alive. If yeah. she is in Hollow Earth and Shaw and Kate and May are going to meet her, it's it's really sad to think about the fact that Bill never will. Yeah, because, because this is Bill, long Bill after has been, Skull Island. You see him. And Bill died on Skull Island. Yeah. Yeah. So and not like I fell down a portal died. He was freaking eaten. Yes. So Bill is is long dead, unfortunately, at this point. He's been dead for going 73. 20, yeah, I think so. Like 
30, 40 years now at this point. Yeah. Um, 40, yeah, 40 plus years at this point. And he's been gone. So, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be heartbreaking to it's kind of heartbreaking to realize that bill will never realize that K was still alive mm. and it's going to be heartbreaking to K to find out that bill's not alive. Yeah. You know, so it kind of makes me like, I hope K is still alive, but it's going to be really sad if she is. What I really would like to see is, and we haven't spoken to him about, we only talked about him as a kid, Lately, but we did get to see him last episode. Is Hiroshi? He was waving them on the last time that the kids saw him. But are we going to see Hiroshi again within this? Probably not. For the fact that they're in Kazakhstan in that area, I don't think he had access to run unless he's already down in Hollow Earth. Um. Ooh. Think about it. He can even meet his mom if his mom's down there. What if his mom already knows? Like, what if what if Hiroshi already knows his mom is still alive? Yeah. Because he's in constant communication with her. Possibly. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Because we did we did kind of tease the fact that maybe Hiroshi has been traveling via these portals. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's how he's able to get to different points in the earth without Monarch being able to track him. Yeah. What if his mom is helping him? Yeah. And with that, he would already know about Bill dying already. So she might have already been informed about Bill. She death. might already know. Yeah. I didn't think about that. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. So not only can, so not only can Kay walk amongst the Beatles, but Hiroshi can too. <laughs> no, it's going too far. Yeah. No, I do like the idea that maybe Hiroshi already knows, like K already knows that Hiroshi is, or that Hiroshi already knows that K is alive. Yeah. Because he sees her. Mm-hmm. You know, he communicates with her and she is assisting him and she already knows that Bill passed. So that's interesting. I didn't think about that. That's kind of cool to think about. Yeah. Um, I I only have two more things in my notes, uh, like two or three more quick things in my notes. I don't know about you. Uh, like Nick Frost says in Shaun of the Dead, I got nothing. <laughs> um, I'm I'm kind of backing on my idea of Duval being a double agent. I don't think she's a double agent at all. I think she's fully on the side of Shaw. Same here. Um, and it's more about venging the death of her sister. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any other reason for it. Um, real quick, I love um, when Lee meets Colonel Puckett and shows him all the information that Bill and Kay put together for him and saying that Hatch is not on the up and up. I, I love that he says good luck, salutes Puckett, says good luck with everything as Hatch comes to get Puckett. And then he looks at Puckett. He's like, uh, good luck to you too. Knowing full well, like you're about to like have some shit rained on you <laughs> and get fired. Cause I just, <laughs> I just, uh, exposed you. Um, and then the only other thing I have, and, and this is kind of more a generalized note. This isn't really in particular, anything about this episode is that I'm really 
more and more appreciating the use of both Kurt and Wyatt to tell this story. Yeah. Because oftentimes when you have a story like this that jumps to different times constantly, like you're jumping from 2015 to 1965 to, you know, whatever time periods. Mm -hmm. If you had one actor playing both parts and you're jumping 20, 40 years and all these different times, (laughs) it becomes very difficult to track. Yeah. But having two separate actors who are related to each other, so you know these are definitely the same character, it really helps to distinguish when you are jumping to different times. Yeah, they, the the fact that they're father and son and they look a lot alike and their voices are very similar too, but they're playing the same character but very different points of that character from two different timelines. And yeah. you see the youth and you see the elder. Voices, looks, mannerisms, there's a lot of similarities between the two of those guys. And yeah, as there would be because they are father and son. But I, I, I really appreciate the fact that they went this route in casting a father and son to play these two characters, to play this character rather, not, yeah. not these two characters. So I just I just think it was really smart on the producer's behalf to do to do something like this. Um, that's all I have for major notes on, uh, on everything for the episode. Hmm. Uh, any quotes that you, I know you usually bring some quotes to the conversation. Anything Uh, you kind of want to. No, nothing really. I, I already mixed them in, in the conversation. Uh, the only thing that I would like to say is, uh, those of you who are fans of the show and love Kiersey Clemens. I was just watching this before we started recording earlier before I had like a bunch of phone calls. Uh, it's a movie that came out in February of this year. Well, right now it's this year, 2023, because this is <laughs> New Year's Eve. <laughs> well, no. Well, at the time they're listening to this, is 2024. But, All right. Yeah. So in, in 2023, Kiersey Clemens was in a movie that Dave Franco and Alison Brie had screenplayed and Dave had, had directed. It's called Somebody I Used to Know. So if you're oh, interested in I've like... I've heard of that. Yeah. So if you're interested, it's on Amazon Prime. It's got Danny Pudi in it, Haley Joel Osment, Julie Haggerty. Nice, good cast. So, um, You know what? On that same note, since you mentioned it too, I know Kiersey Clemens back from 2018, actually. Uh, she did a movie with Nick Offerman called Hearts Beat Loud. It is um, with Nick Offerman, uh, Tony Collette, and Ted Danson. And it's it's a great movie. As a matter of fact, Kristen and I... Um, when we do our movie swap mm-hmm. episodes of Wilhelm, uh, in which we give each other a movie that we've the, that we've never seen, and we kind of watch it as homework, and then we come back and we discuss it. I actually just gave Kristen Hearts Beat Loud as her homework. <laughs> so on the next episode of Movie Swap, which we're going to record next week, um, I'm going to get her thoughts on uh. Hearts Beat Loud because she's never seen it before. Oh, cool. So, and then she gave me, uh, uh, shit. What was the movie? I think it's the wedding date with Keanu. Re- it's the movie with Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Oh yeah. I saw that. That was pretty cool. I think, I think it's called, I think it's called wedding date, like the I wedding date or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, I know what movie it is when I have to watch it and I still yeah. need to watch it before we record, but I have a week. So, um, Oh, but yeah, something that someone that I used to know, I'll, I'll have to check that one out too. 
Yeah. Uh, the I, only like, th- I like, um, what's her name? Uh, Alison Brie? Or- Alison Brie, yeah. Okay. Yeah, to add a little bit more out there of... <laughs> Just a little bit of news. It's pretty funny. Before Ben and I jumped on to record, <laughs> we were talking about this, and I laughed when I said it to him. I was like, yeah, Monarch Legacy of Monsters is pretty much already one of the most pirated TV shows now, and it hasn't even finished its season yet. <laughs> well, I think what Game of Thrones used to hold the record when that was That long. did, yes. Yeah, when it was uh, popular and out. Mm. Game of Thrones used to be one of the most most pirated shows like of all time yeah so yeah and i was telling mark when he brought that yeah yeah. and i I was telling mark when 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 he told me about that i was like that's so funny because that's the one thing we did not need to do with this series was pirate it at (laughs) all no because we had all the screeners ahead of time and even if we didn't we both have apple tv so like there's no reason to pirate this show at all and in other Godzilla news, just to let you guys know, uh, as you know, they extended the run from Godzilla Minus Run in the theaters. It lasted until, I think, the end of December. And then now uh, Toho is re-releasing a black and white version of it in Japan. So, Which would be kind of cool, but I wanted to go to streaming so I can watch it. <laughs> I, I don't go to movie theaters that much anymore. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised. Give it a, a few months, and I'm sure it'll uh, a, a couple few months. Few months. <laughs> I don't want to wait a few months. Oh, it's better back in the day in the '80s when you had to wait a year and a half to it comes out on VHS just to rent. <laughs> oh, you mean the time where if you wanted to rent a movie on VHS, it was a couple of dollars, but if you wanted to buy it, it was like two hundred. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I never got that. It's like, oh, to rent this movie, it's four ninety nine. What if I want to buy it? One hundred ninety nine dollars. What? <laughs> but you have it in the used bin over there for ten dollars. Yeah, it's, it's so ridiculous. It's like, oh, you lost the tape. That would be two hundred dollars, please. It's it's pre owned right there for seven ninety nine. Doesn't matter. Uh, um yeah so i i want to see it i still haven't seen it yet but i, I want to see it yep hopefully it'll come to streaming soon i'm hoping all right so then that takes us into the feedback section of the podcast in which we we have a couple we got our usuals from sam and steve so uh let's go ahead and play first our feedback from sam hey it's sam I liked this episode. I thought it was pretty great. I think it's probably one of my favorites so far. We finally got some answers, and Shaw's answers are not great. Uh, kind of confirmed my concern of he's trying to close all these portals. He he knows. He knows the Mudos were up here when they hatched. And so, like, it makes no sense that he's closing these portals. Like, we still have them up here. And also, stop micromanaging Godzilla. He's been managing this very well for a very, very long time. And so, like, it, uh, yeah, it is not a great idea from from him. And, uh, yeah, it's just not good. And then, you know, sir, why don't you put those timers on a little bit of a delay? Like, I get like he saved Kate. He clearly cares about the Randa kids, or, or I guess maybe just Kate. And he, 
blew it up and like the buildings coming down on all of them and i'm like geez do you actually care about the randikins you think he would have made sure that they were cleared of this before he set the, the devices to go off i'm like i know that they have plot armor so i guess more suspension of disbelief but my goodness and you guys are right I'm so glad I'm wrong and you guys are right. We're going to go into Hollow Earth, probably find Keiko. That'll be really interesting. She's going to be just probably a little bit older than her granddaughter. And yeah, I, I, Shaw's not doing well. I mean, when he said it's not about data, it's about belief. I was like, oh, you've lost the plot, sir. I've lost the plot with you. Like that is, that's not a great answer especially from a military guy i'm like what is happening right now <laughs> uh so yeah i and i thought you know the little side plot with keiko's son and and hiroshi's heritage was kind of interesting and just shows how brave and smart and strong keiko is also a little tinfoil hat theory that i have what if tim is bill randa's kid I mean, he would have been young, like like Skull Island happened in like the early 70s. So he probably would have had been a baby, but that puts him about like in his 40s. Makes sense with the timeline of the movie. I thought about it because he said like with the punch in the wall, he's like, I inherited the office from a guy with an anger problem. Um, inherited? Yeah. So I, I, I am curious <laughs> as we come barreling down to the end of the first season. I hope we get another season and excited for the podcast. <laughs> uh, Sam, Sam does bring up a good point. Yeah. Uh, if you think of Godzilla as the guardian, uh, then trust him. <laughs> you don't, you don't need to help him trust that he can do the job. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you trust him to do the job without help, he destroys San Francisco. But still, trust Godzilla. Yeah. I'm going to create a t-shirt that just says, in Godzilla, I trust. <laughs> or in Godzilla, we trust. <laughs> trust in Godzilla. Um, and they'll probably sell. I'm not going to lie. They would probably sell. Probably. Uh, and Sam, your tinfoil hat? theory about Tim possibly being uh, Bill's son. Uh, that makes more sense than my tin hat theory of Keiko being the mother of Beatles. <laughs> well, we kind of touched on it. I think I brought it up last time about Be- I think you did bring it up. Yeah. Lee, Lee being the father of Tim, but I, I could no. she more- said Bill. Yeah, I know, but I said Lee. Oh, I think. Oh, okay. Time. But she said Bill, which makes a lot more sense with timeline. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, and it's not it's not far off to think that yes, he was Bill did go a little crazy trying to think of ways to, you know, thinking of everything that he did with teleportation and portals after the loss of K. Um is it is it beyond thought that he could have found love again or remarried I, for me i kind of think he was probably a little obsessed to the point where he probably never did yeah so well, i don't i yeah. don't know if there's any credence to to tim being bill's son yeah um i i also think of it too it's like if you look at him and how he was acting within kong skull island john goodman's character because that's mm-hmm. the later version you his obsession with everything and how it was and how passionate he was just for that. It's as if he put everything else aside. Yeah. So that's that's kind of what I'm thinking too. I'm thinking like when Tim says like he was tinfoil hat afterwards, 
I, I think, I think Bill was just so obsessed with everything after the loss of Keiko that I don't think he would have ever allowed himself to even possibly meet somebody new or have a child. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It does. It makes sense. Yeah. And, and Sam, you're right. The timeline works, but I just, I don't know if I think character wise, I don't think, I, I don't think it would have worked. No. It would have seemed out of character for him to have like, oh, started a new relationship, had a kid, and then went crazy. No, I think no. he I think he started going crazy the moment he lost Kay. Yeah. He went down that rabbit hole as soon as she was gone. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but that leaves us the last one, and that of course is from our friend Steve. Hello, Ben and Mark. This is Steve, and this is gonna be for Monarch season one, episode eight, Birthright. Okay, so that was just Bill and Keiko talking about little Hiroshi, right? And Lee was in the backseat. Oh, so in 1955, the general was trying to shut down uh, their monarch thing. But uh, yeah, now we're flashing back to the present again. I'm starting to understand this. So that first episode when we saw uh, Keiko fall, they believe she died. But I think you said your theory is that she went to hollow earth, right? Yeah. (laughs) So... um, Bill's uh, punch in the wall is still broke to this day, and Tim can't get it fixed. Kate just uh, made the slip, or she, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. We don't know for sure. She said that she thought uh, Lee was going to claim to be their grandfather. So, yeah. <laughs> I always thought Goonies deserved a sequel. <laughs> Besides Tim, who of them you think got that reference? Oh, that's a great transition from the elevator, do- elevator doors op- uh, closing and then opening with young Lee walking out. Bill, young Bill walking out. How do I get those confused? Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Kazakhstan like the the go-to fictional country for movies? Like, wasn't it uh, Commando and Jim Cotta, uh, maybe Predator? No, not Predator, but it just feels like that (laughs) name has been used a lot. Okay, so they found a portal, and that's probably where Keiko went into uh, the Hollow Earth. Okay, so some of these theories are blown out of the water, I think, if Hiroshi was born before... Keiko and and, uh, Bill got together. There you go, Ben. That's your theory confirmed by Shaw himself that he has been to the hollow earth. Uh, Kate's line, very X-Files, I want to believe you. Oh, (laughs) what an ending, that explosion. And we don't know whether they got sucked in to the hollow earth or what, but wow, can't wait for next week. Oh, Steve, I love your feedback. (laughs) Your live Stevings. Um. Uh, yeah, it's I, yeah. My my theory was confirmed. Shaw was there, and I think they're there again. So, I think next episode, episode nine, uh, Axis Monday is what the episode title is. I think we're going to. I think it's going to kick off them waking up in a strange place, landed or lost. Yep. <laughs> uh, um. We have access to watch it now, but <laughs> I, I usually wait until the episode releases, so I, I'm going to continue to do that. Yeah. Um, once again, thank you to Apple TV for allowing us the screeners and allowing us the, the opportunity to cover this series. Uh, Mark, before we head out, <laughs> where can people find you? Oh, that's easy. You could just look for me. I could be found on any podcast player of choice for Panels to Pixels podcast. Uh we were supposed to do a dual one for Adrenaline uh, Cinema Podcast and Panels to Pixels Podcast for the Losers. We're going to do that in a come new year. But in the meantime, right now, as you hear this, and this is being put out New Year's Day, 
uh, Sydney Seidel and I did uh, our coverage of what if we started that. So every week from now on, a lot of people have been doing uh, <laughs> doing the what if season two an episode or a podcast today. I can't really keep up based on work, but we're doing <laughs> two episodes of what if per podcast. So uh, we covered episodes one and two, which was good because uh, both of us weren't really big and keen on the first episode, but listen to podcast and you tell us what you think as uh, panels to pixels podcast, uh, journal and cinema podcast. You could uh, find all the other stuff that you need on pyrocoreentertainment.com. Cool. Uh, as for this podcast, this is, of course, a joint Wilhelm Podcastica uh, venture. Uh, therefore, we encourage you to check out both starting first with the Podcastica end of things, podcastica.com or facebook.com slash podcastica. There you can find all the great content that's over there. If there's something for everybody over there, that's what I tell people constantly. Uh, we mentioned Pake and Daphne, who are going to be joining us for the finale. Their Run For Your Lives podcast is over there, and they're doing their end-of-the-year awards kind of thing uh, before they go back into the new season. Uh, we've got our friends Penny. She's doing the Buffy the Vampire Slayer rewatch. Jason and Lucy are currently doing the, I think they're now in the second season of The Walking Dead and their Walking mm -hmm. Dead rewatch. Uh, and there's a ton of other stuff going on over there as well. So podcastica.com or podcastica.com or facebook.com slash podcastica. As for the Wilhelm side of things, which is my end, uh, wilhelmpodcast.com is where you can find all the information on that. I have a lot of stuff coming up in, uh, in 2024. I almost forgot what year we were going into, <laughs> uh, in, in coming up now in 2024, including panel conversations from panels. I've moderated more celebrities that are going to be joining me. Cause I've already been in contact with a bunch of them who were supposed to be on before the actor strike. Uh, and now I'm reconfirming with a bunch of them, uh, people, including like Dante Basco, uh, Jason Manzukis, and a bunch of other awesome people. Mark Summers, I think is coming is finally going to come on. Uh, Plus more top five episodes, movie review, movie reviews, and all the fun stuff over there. Uh, movie swaps that Kristen and I do. So check that out. Wilhelmpodcast.com or Facebook slash Facebook.com slash Wilhelm Podcast. Uh, if you want to leave us feedback, I, I, geez, I usually say this after the feedback and I forgot. <laughs> um, we encourage you to do so. Easiest way to do that is I is go to the social media for both Wilhelm or Podcastica, which are the Facebook pages. So Facebook.com slash podcastica, Facebook.com slash Wilhelm Podcast. Uh, and you can leave us a comment. We always post uh, feedback posts on those pages. You can leave us a comment there or easiest way, email us directly, feedback at WilhelmPodcast.com and send it to us in an email or a voicemail. Uh, I think that's it. Anything on your end? Hmm? Not, nothing else. Uh, <laughs> you, you checked out there for a minute. Yeah. But, huh, huh, uh, what? Uh, no, huh, no, I'm good. Huh, huh, no, 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 I'm good. Uh, the only other thing, uh, you know, you could also find me on Fantasy Picks Movie Edition as well. That's yeah, it. there you go. Oh, yeah. And I I'm, I can also be found on the Revisited Podcast, which is revisitedpod.com, yep. where we're covering Ted Lasso. 
Uh, but with that being said, then thank you as always for following. Thank you for listening, subscribing, paying attention as Mark does, didn't, wasn't really doing there for a minute. Um, <laughs> I was yawning. <laughs> oh, is that what it was? All right. All right. We'll get it to you. Uh, but just thank you for being a part of this venture. If you're a Wilhelm fan, check out Podcastica. If you're a Podcastica fan, check out Wilhelm. That's the point of cross promotion is to do that. Uh, Season one, episode nine, Axis Monday is the next episode, the penultimate of the season, uh, which we'll be covering next week. In the meantime, Happy New Year. We hope everybody kicks off 2024 in a great way. Uh, but we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. Goodbye.